A good Tuesday morning to you. 9.06. It's like I love sitting down in the studio, especially the first thing in the morning, but but especially the first live broadcast of a week. It's like uh, did, did, when you were growing up, when you were first driving, did you share a vehicle with the rest of your family? Uh, maybe mom or dad were generous enough to let you uh, take their slick ride somewhere. But when you'd get in, you kind of do that. You know, you like check the mirror. First, you got adjust the seat, the side mirror, the mirror. You kind of settle in. So I'm I'm undoing the the comfort that Brian Hall has had in place. He sits in this chair through the 6:30 Ched Morning News. Bruce Bowie does his whole show standing up from the control room, if you can believe it. So here we are, settled in, and it's a good thing because it's going to be, I'm sure, a show that you'll want to buckle up for. In just a second, we're going to talk to Degas Sikorsky. Uh, 99% of you, or maybe even 100%, likely had no idea who Degas was. And that's not an insult. I'm just saying it was probably an unfamiliar name. That is until a couple of days ago. When he posted a photo of a Valentine's Day card that he received at his place of employ, the message is quite shocking, and we'll get into that in in just a second. We're going to be taking your calls. I already have an inbox full of emails from people like Matthew, who listens in from Vancouver, people who assumed we were going to be talking about this today. Some of you have already submitted your thoughts on this, and the conversation goes beyond Mr. Sikorsky. It goes beyond the use of a certain slur. I'd like to get to a point, I mean, there was a Calgary school you may have heard vandalized over the weekend with some hateful words aimed towards Syrians and the federal liberal government, for that matter. I mean, just like, what's going on right now? We'll talk that out a little bit. In the 10 o'clock hour, we've got some lines in the water here, including one out, and I know some of you will never believe this, but it is true. We've got a line out to Sheila Gunn-Reed, who's a contributor at... The rebel.media. Yeah. They do exist, and we're not afraid to acknowledge that. A bit of a kerfuffle down at the legislature. The premier, well, the premier's team anyway, doesn't want rebel media reporters gaining access to things like news conferences, and, and they're causing a stink, and then and the government just poured gasoline on the fire with a letter from the government's legal counsel putting in black and white in type. We don't consider you journalists. Oh, man, why'd you have to go and do that? Now, of course, it's something we can't ignore because we want to talk. We want to get your take on who should be granted access to government. Who deserves accreditation when it comes to media? We'll have that conversation in the 10 o'clock hour. We're going to get into the mailbag. And then in the 11 o'clock hour, as I told Bruce, Tristan Hopper will join us in studio, uh, the Edmonton-based reporter for the National Post. He's intuitive. And he's also just a a tiny little bit off, you know, in the best way. If you've ever heard Tristan in studio before, you know that he reports like nobody else. He has a a, a style of storytelling that is, is just absolute unique, and he's taken on gun control. And you may not have guessed it, but Tristan's got a personal connection to the gun control file. Can't wait to talk to Tristan Hopper coming up just after 11 o'clock. Let's get to our first guest this morning. As mentioned, Degas Sikorsky, 20 years of age, has worked at a North Edmonton party supply store for several years, putting himself through his studies, his undergraduate studies at the University of Alberta. Just a few days ago, Degas 
received a Valentine's Day card that had a personal message scrawled on it, one that you don't expect to see anymore. Degas Sikorsky joining me over the phone this morning. Hi, Degas. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. I, did I just sense a little hesitation in your voice? Or are you going, oh boy, what is this turning into here? It's just getting bigger and bigger, and I just don't know where to turn. <laughs> Are you the type of guy that likes the limelight, or are you the type that, that sort of prefers to do a little more watching and listening than talking? I like watching and listening. I'm throwing my two cents in, but I've never been the center of the conversation. <laughs> hey, Degas, bring us up to speed. Uh, this, this, this shop, Party City, you've worked there for a, for a few years now. What's your experience been like there as a, as a part-time employee? Um. Over the three years I've worked there, I've actually really enjoyed my time. I've never actually ever experienced any hate. Party City has always been inclusive and loving and made me feel like I belong and made me feel safe. Um, this whole situation itself, though, it's really what turned Party City and the whole experience of working there on its head for me. Um, I've, I love Party City, and... I just don't know what to think at this point. Okay, Degas, so so let's get our listeners up to speed here so they have the proper context. You've worked there for about three years. Uh, a new manager came in right around New Year's, right around that time through the holidays, and that's when you allege that your shifts were cut back, that you started losing shifts. Can, can you give us some details? Um, yep, yeah, around uh, before Christmas, a new manager was hired on, and, um, I, and he told us, because it is the slow season for for sales, hours will be cut back. And I understood this, and I understand my hours were not going to be up to snuff as they usually were. Um, so I was expecting one shift here, another shift there. Um, I didn't gain a shift until New Year's Eve. Um, at New Year's Eve, I had my first shift um, in a while, and I worked it. It was fine. Um, then for six weeks after that, up until the 13th, I did not have a single shift. Um, in that break, I did go talk to my manager, and he just assured me that it was just hours and stuff like that. You didn't have a conflict with your manager? You didn't have a breakdown? You didn't get into an argument with somebody? You weren't written up for negligence? I mean, is there anything that happened that's going to surface as a result of the, the scrutiny on this story? No, absolutely not. I've never actually had a conflict with my current manager. Okay, so Degas, you you received this this Valentine's Day card, and and some people will not have seen your Facebook post or your mom's Facebook post, and and I don't blame her for going mama bear on this. I would have done the exact same thing, but it sure exploded. Um, can you bring us uh, your take on this Valentine's Day card, what it said, and and how you received it, and how it made you feel when you read it? Uh, well, the Valentine's Day card itself. Um... It was actually my supervisor made one for every single uh, staff member, and it was like it was along the lines of like those in elementary when you have like the little mailbox sitting off your desk for like for kids to come by and put Valentine's Day cards in. She made one of those for every staff member, um, and when I went to the break room at the, at the end of my shift, um, I saw the mailbox itself, and it had scrawled on it in the center right underneath my name the word faggot. Hmm. <laughs> and then below that there was um along the lines of there's a reason you're not getting any shifts. Yeah. Uh <laughs> um when I saw that my heart stopped. <laughs> I didn't know what to think. I went from 
I love this place. This place is safe. This place loves me to what am I doing here? Where am I? Type thing. Was this, uh, for all intents and purposes, a totally isolated incident? Have you ever experienced any form of discrimination or marginalization or specifically homophobia in the workplace prior to this? Not at all. I, a lot of my supervisors, my managers all seemed loving. Um, and this incident comes out of the woodwork and just mows me over. So, Degas, this was how many, this was three, four days ago? Uh, it was on the 13th, yeah. On the 13th. So where are we now with regards to steps you've taken? I understand you've been in touch with the Edmonton Police Service. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have filed a police complaint um, about the incident and involving the Valentine. I also have recently, uh, well, the day after the event, I did talk to my manager around uh, 3 o'clock. And after that, around 6 o'clock, I got uh, a call from head office, uh, HR, and I got to speak with them as well. And what did they say to you? Um, they both stated that they are looking into it um, and that they are trying their best to handle the situation and find out who's responsible. Um, but it really uh, it felt very textbook. Yeah. <laughs> like how to handle any fire, how to handle any crisis. And I understand that coming from a corporation um it just does not feel very personal to them well and and here's the thing degas and we've reached out to to party city uh, both lo- at local and corporate levels to speak to us as well we want to have a balanced conversation here and uh, we do have a statement in front of us that reads party city does not condone this behavior and is committed to creating a fair and inclusive working environment we're currently looking into this matter and we'll provide more information as it becomes available so obviously i understand why why they've got to take an approach here uh, along the fact finding side of things but that's a that's a corporate approach I, i'd be curious curious to know on on a local level the store the location you've been working out of for the last three years if there's been any outreach from a a manager or or even colleagues of yours that would would maybe reiterate the support that you say you've felt there in past um my manager himself he took it very um textbook like not at all um personal and very like he he was very emotional and he was very kind, but it still felt very textbook. As for my colleagues and the other people I've worked with, um, I've received messages in my Facebook inbox of love and support, how they're in complete disbelief. It's not everybody from Party City, but it is definitely the people that I know would have my back in this situation and the people who I've worked with. Some of the people who have been there for five years, uh, two years more than I have, and have trained me and have been with me for my whole three years of working at Party City. Now, Degas, of course, this, I don't have to tell you, is a significant story for several reasons. It's not just, uh, you know, oh, some guy got his feelings hurt and put this out on Facebook. There's an implication here that you have actually been denied employment opportunity, that your work schedule has been limited and, and cut off completely because of your sexual orientation or what per- people perceive to be your sexual orientation. This is obviously a significant workplace issue where do we go from here on that front honestly i don't know um with all this i've been trying to turn the conversation into a conversation of like this is not a rare occurrence um it is more rare in canada but for things like homophobic slurs and 
prejudice. I am one of a whole group of people uh, of the whole LGBTQ community, um, and it it's terrifying because at the same time I've been told I am a role model, and I've I'm basically stirring up this conversation of uh, contemporary hate and what it means to be in the 21st century and 2016 as a person from the LGBTQ community. Well, Degas, I'd be interested to hear what your experience has been like since this blew up. What what friends and strangers alike have been saying to you online, how you're responding to it all. Plus, there's a listener email, as mentioned, uh, Matthew, who listens in from Vancouver, that I'd, I'd like you to hear as well. We'll get to that with Degas Sikorsky right after this quick break. If you're just joining us, Degas Sikorsky, a third-year student at the University of Alberta, double major in biology and chemistry. He's been putting himself through school, working at a North End party supply store. It's been a good working relationship, a positive environment, so he told us before the break, up until February 13th, when he received a Valentine's Day card that had been, shall we say, customized with a gay slur and an implication that Degas's cut in work hours is due to his sexual orientation. Degas, thanks for holding the line on the text line here. Our listeners chime in by punching 630-630 into their phone. Cher says this makes me mad, mad, mad. She says I'll donate to a GoFundMe account for Degas to hire a good lawyer. Whoever did this needs to pay. Has your family looked into legal representation, or are you still waiting to hear back from Party City? Um, We're very much waiting to hear from HR, and once HR comes back to us and if it suffice, then we won't pursue. Um, But should it not suffice, there possibly is litigation that we will be looking into. What would be an appropriate, what would be an acceptable outcome for you in this circumstance? Um, At this point, I just want the person to come forward. I just want the person to be found. I, I want a confession. I want a reason for why he would say the, or they would say these things. Somebody would say what they said um, and an apology. Um, what head office decides to do with the person is what head office decides to do. I'm not looking for blood personally. Um, I just want closure for this. Um, I've never had to deal with something like this that turned my whole world upside down, and I've never expected what I've gotten out of it. I know that not everything has been positive, Degas, uh, no. the, the the fallout, and, and I think I could probably fairly use the word blowback uh, after this story caught fire. Uh, I don't think you'll mind me letting our listeners know that uh, you had second and third thoughts about talking to us even this morning because you indicated to me that you've been feeling overwhelmed by how this has gone and you're not seeking publicity. But this is an important conversation to have. And, and I know that that's why you're here talking to us right now. Very much so. Um, especially with, um, like I've said before, the LGBTQ community and how this is not a rare occurrence in the slightest. Hmm. I'd like to read you an email if I can, Degas. Okay. This was waiting in my inbox this morning. Uh, Matthew is a listener out of Vancouver. Matt, thanks for tuning in. He says there's a reason that stories like this one in Edmonton make headlines. There's a reason they are so important, why they need to be made public. 
Matthew says, I'm actually stunned that this sort of hatred and bigotry can still exist in this day and age. It makes it painfully evident that with all the progress that's been made in recent decades with respect to human rights, that we still have so much further to go. Something is seriously wrong with the basic teachings of human compassion and acceptance of diversity in our culture that this sort of thing is still happening in the year 2016. What's clear to me is that despite so many advancements, there is still a massive lack of education toward anyone who is considered a minority. What is normal, Matthew wonders? For so long, we were given such a very small window of what was considered normal. You had a small box you needed to fit into, and you did the best of your ability to do so. Thank God for the information age that came over the last 20 years when so many of us were awakened to the fact that nobody really fits well into that small box. Yet, with all that information, hatred still exists. Matthew says, I'm a teenager of the 1990s. Back then, as a young gay man, we had limited education with regards to these types of things, limited role models, and very little acceptance in society. I spent my high school years getting the faggot comment thrown at me left and right. It was acceptable then to hate on anybody who didn't fit the mold, which is disgusting in itself, but far from acceptable nowadays. Words are weapons and extremely dangerous ones at that. Words filled with hatred cut like a knife and can last a lifetime. We as a society don't condone violence, yet somehow we manage to turn a blind eye when it comes to bullying. Bullying is often the topic that's ignored or goes under rug swept. The avoidance of this major issue is nothing shy of appalling. The damage that's being done is horrific, yet so many ignore it. I'm glad that this story is being given the attention it deserves, says Matthew. I applaud Degas Sikorsky, who is the victim here. I imagine all this media attention is completely overwhelming, but I hope that he knows he has a huge support network out in the masses. Be proud, young Jedi. You are being a trailblazer like so many before you. You help pave a road to further acceptance and understanding. And one day, thanks to stories like yours, Degas, people will not be so quick to hate or to judge or to slander. We all deserve respect. I applaud your bravery. The world needs to change, and you are a stepping stone in the path for compassion, love, and light. Oh, my goodness. So that's from Matthew, who I I assume you don't know, or he'd probably send that to you directly, but he wanted you to hear those words. I know. Honestly, I don't know. There's been so much love and support pouring in my inbox and it's it's come from everywhere and thank you so much for sending that in and i've i've gotten messages of love from even new zealand from texas from britain and just to know that i have people behind me in this really gives me confidence moving forward Degas, thanks for talking to us today. Of course, there are elements of this story that will continue to follow, but we don't want to let that overshadow the fact that this is somebody, this is a human being, this is a person and a personal experience. And thank you for sharing your personal experience with us today. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. That's Degas Sikorsky. You can let us know your thoughts on this. Many of you have been. We'll leave some open line time as well. Uh, open up the phones even after this newscast. We can let you know that Sheila Gunn-Reed has confirmed. We'll talk to her just after 10 o'clock. And when it comes to government access for journalists, what should be the benchmark? We'll pick that conversation up after 10 o'clock. We'll be right back. Our thanks to Degas Sikorsky, who joined us over the phone to 
talk about his own personal experience, one that uh, I, I think is fair to say he never expected and uh, and then subsequently never expected to blow up so big. If you're just joining us, the Edmonton man, a 20-year-old uh, working part-time at a North End party supply stop, uh, shop, uh, you know, a valentine handed out to employees. His had a special customization with some... Uh, some hurtful words, some harmful language, a, a gay slur, and then an implication that the shifts that Degas had lost uh, were due to the fact that uh, he's a gay man. So it's obviously the type of story where you go, whoa. This is this is uh, it, it's interesting on the text line. And by the way, phone lines are open now seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. If you'd like to call in and share your thoughts on this, I'm sure that Degas is still listening as well. You'll have his ear. But it's interesting on the text line to see where some people go with this. And I understand that you know we have differences in opinion, but but sometimes the reason why I think these conversations are so important is sometimes we need the wake up call that maybe as a society we're not exactly where we thought we were. So I'll just read through some of these, and some of them I can't read for obvious reasons. You can use your imagination. Julio says, oh, the drama. Throw this in the garbage where it belongs and forget about it. Don't let it get to you or the card wins. And to a certain extent, I would agree with that. Throw it in the garbage. Trash this. Shake it off. The other side of it, though, to, to, to write it off as, you know, this guy's an attention seeker or, oh, the drama or good Lord, you know, like, you know, toughen up, thick, you know, th- you know thicken up your skin. Nuh-uh. Mm-mm. You wouldn't say that to someone who received a Valentine's Day card in the workplace that had the N-word on it and an implication or a direct message that you're not getting shifts because you know, of who you are with the N-word. Not a chance for one single second you would, with a straight face, tell that person to just shake it off and throw it out. This is an HR, this is a bit, this is a human rights issue. If someone's being denied work because of sexual orientation, this, this is something we should talk about. And something tells me that this is maybe a bit more of a pervasive issue than we might suspect. I mean, I don't think anybody saw this coming out of a party supply store, and that's probably why this is such a PR nightmare for Party City. And I'm a, a little more surprised we haven't seen them a little bit more proactive on this, but I digress. Let's find out what Tony has to say. Morning, Tony. Hi, how are you? Doing well, thanks. Where's your head at on this? Well, I just want to say, you know, sorry about the comments for Mr. Sikorsky. We're all on the side, obviously, and that place obviously has poor screening up. Uh, properties for that place of employment and he seems like a bright young personable fellow and uh try not to take it to heart because uh, there's always idiots everywhere and uh i love him i'm sure everyone loves him and uh, we're all the same and uh just try not to have a too bad day over it and uh we will get to the bottom of it love the perspective tony thanks appreciate you calling into the show Cher says, yeah, there are more good people out there than evil. Uh, By the way, that was a great email from Matthew in Vancouver. Yeah, that was. I appreciated that. I appreciated Matthew sharing his personal story. And Matthew, speaking from the perspective of of a gay teen in the 1990s, that was his experience. You know, I'm curious to hear from someone that was a gay teen in the 50s. Is there somebody that's listening in right now that, that this is prompting memories of your personal experience? We think that we're so 
and and I mean the word is really getting smeared around right now and applied to a lot of things. But if you boil down the word progressive, eh, talking about you know moving forward with an educated perspective, learning more about ourselves and our interactions with one another, and you know in so many ways as we have advancements in science and medicine and everything else, you'd like to think socially we're moving forward as a society. But along with that is is pushback. You know, the, the sort of the, 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 oh, the PC bleeding heart type thing, the criticism, I've had enough, you know, these special rights for minorities. I mean, some of the messages we're receiving this morning are a wake-up call for me. Craig, listening in to the text line, says, uh, if, if I were Dagus, I mean, you know, for me, I would just want to find out who the person was just to make sure that there's not some anonymous person out there that could strike again. Craig goes on to say, hang in there, dude. I mean, so many people are sending in messages of support as well, which is great. You find here sometimes, like, you get an army behind you of of people that are just also driven by common sense and basic humanity. Listener here says he's putting himself through school. He gets his hours cut. An anonymous card shows up filled with hate. The young man gets his job back and then some. Not saying, just saying. I don't think Degas cooked this up so he could become the subject of international attention. You could probably just go find a job at some other party supply store. I mean, the guy's like double major in sciences at the University of Alberta. It suddenly tells me that he he sounds pretty employed. It sounds like a sharp person to me. Peggy says, I, I think this is being blown out of proportion. The card itself and the rubbish written on it is irrelevant. Make lemons out of lemonade. Thank the card for alerting you to possible work or labor issues. You're already leaps and bounds above the sender of that message. You really want to give the time of day to a most likely beer-swilling, poorly educated idiot? That from Peggy. Hey, don't pile on us beer-swillers, Peggy. (laughs) We'll fit in a quick break when we come back. We'll get to the phone line, 780-496-0063. A listener here with a take on discrimination in the workplace. A couple more messages to Dagus. And then we'll tee up our conversation for the 10 o'clock hour. Some of you are just in, you're doing a double take. You're in disbelief. You can't, you, you, you can't bring yourself to believe that we're actually going to talk about Rebel Media on the air today. But we are. We'll be right back. Some of my favorite messages, and I shouldn't be laughing about this because the context of the conversation we're having is not funny. An Edmonton man who received a Valentine's Day card at his place of employ with a gay slur on it and uh, a message that he's losing shifts because he's gay. Um, but it, And it's prompted a strong audience response on both sides. Many people calling in. Gina, somebody just, just called in through the break. They, they, they were at work. We, we love when you listen at work, by the way. Thank you for that. And I understand they couldn't stay on hold for a few minutes, but, you know, people calling in just to show their support. And then there are others. And and what was what had me chuckling is I've just received a message here from Ron and and I and the text messages that start with you wouldn't dare read this on your radio show. I rest my case. I kind of go. Challenge accepted. It, it challenge, well, yeah, and I mean, and now everyone's going to write that. Sean from Lloyd Minster, I guarantee, will be first on the first on the text line on that front. But. It, like, is it your first day tuning in? You think that, I, that I'm only going to read what I agree with? I'll be happy to read your message, Ron. And then I don't think I need to say any more. So, so Ron's message says, I don't care what they do. Go hard giver. For me, though, sodomy is not a sensible act nor a sane one. I'm entitled to my opinion. Or is that now pushed in the closet? Thank you for contributing to the conversation. 
I don't have people that, that assume we're not going to read their messages. I mean, like, the phone lines are open. The phone lines are open. 780-496-0063. If you have thoughts on this you'd like to share, the phone lines are open. Beth, in response to this story, says, I have a son, so the mother bear in me is mad and wants to make things right. Shame on the manager at this shop. That from Beth. Ted says, hey, listen, it is the statement of an idiot that put something on a Valentine's card that his orientation is the reason why he's losing shifts. But to say it's the new manager's reason why he's lost shifts, there's no basis for fact there. And unless Degas has proof of that bias against him, he too is crossing a line. I don't know if Degas is crossing a line. If you look at what Degas did... He posted a photo in his own personal Facebook account, which is blown up because people can share it, and it's kind of a shocking thing to see. And he just wrote, looks like somebody doesn't want me to work here anymore. So it's turned out like his mom then followed up with it. I don't blame her. Shelly, looking out for her son, went to say, like, yeah, he's been losing shifts, and then this, a Valentine's card that says, you are losing shifts because... So, Degas didn't ask for this. And I I don't understand the thing, like, he should keep it quiet. Many of you, he should keep this between him and Party City. Like, let's not talk. What? Why? Let's shine the light in these dark areas. Let's point out that people are still experiencing discrimination in the workplace. Another listener here says, discrimination in the workplace happens all the time in every industry. The only reason the media has interest in this is because Degas is gay. I do believe that he should be compensated for this discrimination, but it should be handled quietly between Degas and Party City. It shouldn't be a bigger deal than racial or religious discrimination. It's not a bigger deal. It's equally as unacceptable. It's why we talk about when people crack on Muslims right now, how it's unacceptable. When people, if, if someone were, as I said earlier, to deny someone work shifts because they were black or Asian or white, equally unacceptable. It's not a competition. Let's find out what Dennis has to say. Hi, Dennis. Hi. Your thoughts on uh, this? Well, I work construction and I worked uh, with a partner who was gay for 20 years. And I mean, he took some abuse sometimes from from uh, other construction workers, and basically I was beside him, so I took the abuse too, to a certain degree, of course. And, you know, we would confront the person and, you know, tell him off or whatever, right? But, I mean, a month later, the guy's sitting with us for lunch sort of thing, you know what I mean? Mm. Right? So things like that can happen. But, I mean, if this guy's losing, if he's losing work and losing shifts because of it, then that's a whole different story, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right? So, you know, it's... It's always a, uh, it's always a, I guess the guy has to balance it to a certain degree, but I mean, um, you know, uh, it's, I guess it's good that he came out into the public to, to get the public's opinion and, and, uh, to, uh, you know, to, to, to move this forward to a certain degree, I guess. Yeah, and Dennis, you know what I mean? I, I even think of, you know, someone that, that's listening to 630 Chet in their car right now as they're driving their 11-year-old kid to school, and the 11-year-old has been faking a stomach ache all morning because he or she is sick of the bullying and doesn't want to go to school because they are having these exact same words thrown at them, or they are receiving the exact same treatment. And I hope that, you know, one, one of the reasons why we have these conversations is so that 11-year-old or that 7-year-old or or that 18-year-old or that 40-year-old that's listening to this understands, yeah, you know what? 
my gut instinct on this whole thing that this is unacceptable and hurtful and something that I would like to see stop right now in its tracks, that that person feels validated and that person perceives that there's a safe space, even if that's just over the airwaves on this show. And when we see something unacceptable, I don't, I'm not going to be the type to sweep it under the rug. No, that's right. And you know what, especially, especially for the children, I mean, and especially for people that can't handle it to a certain degree and, you know, can't deal with it, right? Is, yeah, you need help. Yeah, no problem. Let's, you know, get some help and, and, uh, you know, educate the people that are, that, that don't understand and, uh, and help the people that can't handle it sort of thing. You know, like my friend, you know, he could handle it. I mean, it pissed him off sometimes. And, uh, you know, we used to discuss it with him, but, I mean, I guess, in a sense, he had an outlet where he could come talk to me about it because I was right there and I experienced it, right? So, you know, but, uh, you know, it was the same thing. You know what? Don't let it get to you and, uh, and uh, you know, try and, you know, just, just keep going, right? But, I mean, if he's losing shifts and work over this, that's, that's a little different. Too. Yeah, it sure is. Thanks for the call, Dennis. I hey. appreciate it. We've got to get in our last break of the half hour, and then Rena and Adam are first in line on the phones. We'll get to them next. We spent this hour talking about Degas Sikorsky, the Edmonton man who received a Valentine's Day card at his workplace with a gay slur on it. Kind of a crazy story. If you're just hearing about it, we'll have this hour up at 630ched.com in just a few moments. Keith out of Wainwright says, I'm guilty of using homophobic slurs. It's a bad habit. When you find out you're talking about a family member, someone that you love, it really changes your perspective. Time to change. That from Keith. Thanks, Keith. Another listener says, I was in the Army for 11 years, stood side by side with a gay male. Obviously, the stereotypes in the Canadian forces show us a tough, macho type. However, we all stood together as brothers. This absolutely should be in the spotlight. We should be beside this young man to help bring whoever did this backward-thinking act to justice. It's no different, as you said, Ryan, than using the N-word. Let's find out what Rena has to say. Good morning, Rena. Good morning. Um, this thing is staged, in my opinion. Okay. And it's and my first, second, and third, and it's staged, and it should—it's just ridiculous. And I think so. To me, should be put back under, the, put put it back under the criminal code. And please, do not try to brainwash people's opinions. Okay. Anderson. Okay. I appreciate the call. Okay. Thanks. It's, it's time to recriminalize sodomy. Thanks, Rena. Adam, what's your take on this? Um, I, I strongly feel that as long as everyone is labeled. Uh, as a minority, they'll for, forever be racism. Hmm. Um, I don't know if you received my text that I sent in earlier, but, uh, I mean, as long as everyone keeps labeling themselves or waving a flag, they're always going to face ris- racism. So what do you, what, what, what should people, how should people conduct themselves? Like, this, this, Degas wasn't uh, waving a flag. No, but maybe he was uh, perhaps, you know, uh, talking about, uh, his lifestyle or or his sexual orientation uh, at work, you know, and not everybody needs to know that, or not everybody wants to know that. Right, but maybe he wasn't, and, and even if he was, like well, if, if my wife shows up to deliver lunch to me here at six thirty, Chad, when she's got a day off, and I kiss her in front of people, is that unacceptable? Uh, I personally feel that PDA isn't necessary. So okay, I appreciate the call, Adam. Thanks. Open line. Everybody's entitled to call in, and I appreciate perspectives from all sides. Certainly, I think it helps us hash this out. 
Craig says, whoever wrote that note to Degas is probably pooping bricks right now for fear they're going to be exposed. D says, bullying and discrimination in the workplace or any part of society is wrong and will only stop when people report it rather than remain silent and hope it goes away. Mark responds to that earlier text, says, hey, Ron, 1894 called. It wants its bigotry back. Also, jeez, <laughs> oh, if you still have slaves, please release them. Yes, time to release the slaves and time to stop using the other F word, friends. That's not the other F word. That one's perfectly acceptable. Nothing but love here. When we come back this next hour, that's not the case between the government of Alberta and a news reporting site. We'll talk to rebel reporter Sheila Gunn-Reed after the headlines.